Hey folks, welcome back to Whatsoever is True. I am your host, Jason Coral, uh, author and uh, you know self-defense instructor. And today's subject is going to be on Ravi Zacharias and, and the report coming out from his ministries, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, about his, uh, well, I just have to put it bluntly, about his, his uh, egregious sexual sins that have come to light since he's passed away. I think that he passed away last May. And let's talk about that really quick. As, as always, we want to jump right into this and, and just get going so, so that we, we maximize your time. You know, this is an entertainment culture and entertainment culture can, has, has many great qualities. I mean, first of all, it is so diverse in the terms of the things that you can find in this world. And of course, on the internet podcasts like this and so forth. And those are blessings from the Lord. On the other hand, we don't want to, we don't want to be pandering to people. So I, I want to jump right into this and always make the, the, the word of the Lord the central part of our lives. And, and living by the principles of scripture is the most important thing that we can possibly do. And so we want to take every thought captive and, and we want to think on these things. And that's, the, of course, whatsoever true comes from, from that part of Philippians chapter 4 where we want to think on these things. So let's think on the, the, the majesty and the excellency and the beauty of the word of the Lord in regard to the revelations that we've, we've had over the last week on Ravi Zacharias. Um, my scripture text will be 1 Timothy 5 verse 24. Okay, ready? So here we go. The sins of some are conspicuous. And of course, that means that they're, they're rather obvious, leading the way for them into judgment. So they're clearly not qualified for ministry, basically, you know, because obviously their sinful lifestyle is so obvious and open that it's pretty obvious that this person shouldn't be a, a, a Christian leader. But the sins of others appear later. And so what they're saying, what the scripture is saying is the sins of others appear later for they're, they're hidden now and they follow behind them. And I think that that is... is very obvious what's gone on with with Mr. Zacharias. Now, first personal kind of confession. I love Ravi. I thought Ravi was fantastic. His his whimsical form of apologetics was always very powerful. His ability to weave a story to 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 get to the heart of of the listener as well as the head was really powerful. It was a very unique combination. Plus, he had such an interesting voice. You know, his voice was so calming. And my thought on this, guys, is that is that, of course, is a gift from God. All truth is God's truth. And so it wasn't Robbie's truth or or John MacArthur's truth or uh, Billy Graham's truth. Or whatever. If it's true, it's from God. And that's the thing to always remember, that, that we want to try to get the person out of this and get the focus on the Lord. You know, we live in a celebrity culture, as I referenced earlier, as we got started with this, the entertainment aspect of of life right now has a tendency to lead us into a little bit too much focus and ungodly focus upon the the vessel right the the, the person and our, our goal as Christians should be for others to see less and less of us and more and more of Christ and now I know that can get confusing a bit and people can get a little bit worried because they can think well wait a minute what happens to me right well to that I want to say and I want to be sympathetic to this is that of course, the Lord says that you know, whoever isn't willing to lose his life, right? If you lose your life, is to gain it. That doesn't mean you're you're becoming suicidal. What he's mean What he means is that if you go off on a search for yourself to find yourself, what you're going to find, brothers and sisters out there, is sin. 
what you when you find yourself, you find yourself in Christ, who created you for Himself in fellowship. So, if you go to watch nature, and right now as I'm recording this, it's raining, and nature is so beautiful. It's kind of misty and nasty, and you know, this is not a beautiful day outside, in in the sense of it's a nice day to take a walk, but it's still nature because nature is is doing what God commanded it to do. And so are we beautiful, even in the rains, the rainy seasons of our lives. We're we're still going to be beautiful, and our lives will will take incredible shape and focus, and clarity, and yes, and beauty, if we follow the Lord. The problem is that we want to go our own way. We want to self-medicate with sin and things of that nature. So, with that being said, let me just say, try to make this as unequivocal as possible, is that. What sin does is sin is basically saying that there are some things that are too hard for the Lord. The Lord can't fix my financial problems. He can't fix my aloneness. He can't fix my my anxiety or my fear of the future, whatever it might be. And you end up self-medicating with sin. Now, I'm not talking to unbelievers in this case. I'm more talking to believers because in this case, I think because we don't want to talk about sin in the world. And the church the church has been pretty big on this. The church has been, hey, uh, let, let's not let's not become known for for always speaking about sin and judgment. Well, if you're not speaking of sin and judgment, then you're not really speaking about Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the good news, and the good news is the answer to the bad news of sin and judgment. So if you leave out the one, you literally obliterate the other. You drain it drain it of its power. So it's basically like I give you something to drink, you're very thirsty, but I pour out the 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 water before I hand you the cup. I give you the cup, but it's empty. And that is exactly what the church has done to the Christian audience by not explaining the danger and the power of sin. Sin is literally a power. And I think that Mr. Zacharias, so tragically, so unfortunately, had this problem. Now, we can think, a good friend of mine said this too, uh, Devin said to me uh, last week, he can, he can only imagine how it, everyone in Israel must have felt when David's sin with Bathsheba came to light. So, uh, you know, I can only imagine. Of course, that would be far greater in its extent and its, and its, and its uh, presence than what we have right here with Ravi's. But we can imagine anytime a Christian leader lets us down for falls from grace, so to speak, uh, they go there. So that's the first thing I want to say is the power of sin. What can we take of this is that we shouldn't be surprised when we see sin among Christian leaders, nor should we tolerate it, especially in the sexual sin of this nature, because sin is never private. It always has victims. And, and this is an interesting part of the way the Ravi Zacharias ministries have handled this compared to the way that government has, has handled the same, same issues. For example... They try to cover things up. You look at the, the Harvey Weinstein thing and so forth. That was open and everybody knew it. And yet they let it go because they wanted power and so forth. Robbie kept his hidden and it came to light after he was passed away. Um, so I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not trying to compare this and say this is no big deal because it's been happening in the secular world. I'm not saying that. What I'm simply saying is that th- thanks be to God that the ministry is understanding the impact of this. And it shows a Christian response to the sin of a very popular Christian evangelist in, in Ravi Zacharias. 
which also shows that there's always victims of sin. There's no such thing as a victimless sin. All sin is going to have an impact down the road on the people around you. And in this case, there was a, many, many young women that Robbie Zacharias was, was using. If you don't know the story too well, I mean, just by, by way of quick explanation, he, he was apparently, and I, I don't know all of the, the exact details of this, but apparently he has a back problem, a chronic back problem to which he was getting massages for. So he often had massage therapists coming to his hotel room when he was traveling and, and things of that nature. And that is where the bulk of these sexual issues came into play. He kept some on a payroll of which he was sort, he was moving money around from the ministry to to facilitate that. He had separate phones that were on different servers, so he wasn't communicating through his official channels with the ministry. You know, it's clearly a well thought out thing, and uh, which brings me to the power of sin. Ready? That Robbie Zacharias was a very smart man, right? I mean, he was a very smart man. We we if we've if you've heard him you know the depth of his intellect and his ability to get at the heart of some complicated issues. How did he miss this? How did he miss this? Right? I mean, you look back and you think, how did David end up missing the whole thing with Bathsheba? This was going to end badly. Well, because sin is powerful. Sin is not just a simple thing. You think you can dabble with sin. And I just did a podcast on little sins. So what happens is the devil says, you're unhappy, you're, you're, having some difficulty right now in some way, shape, or form. And he's, and he's going to bring to your attention something that's real. But remember, your heart is susceptibly wicked. Don't follow your emotions. Follow the word of the Lord. If you arrive at an emotion that is in contradiction to the word of the Lord, what you're noticing is that you have not submitted a part of your conscious mind to the will of the Lord. This is an opportunity when you're tempted to go, huh, I didn't realize that was in me. Don't deny the temptation. Pray over the temptation and then build a plan to defeat that. Now, I'm, I'm going to walk you through this quickly. Is that let's say Robbie Zacharias, or, or in this case, I'm, I'm going to be very blunt. I, I talk to a lot of Christian men. I ask them a lot of times bluntly if they're surfing porn, if they're, if they're doing something that's sexually impure. I do. I, I don't think, if, if you're, you're a man and you're not tempted with lust, then uh, you say that you're not. You're, you could be one of those very, very rare individuals. But you're, that's nonsensical. Everyone can fall, and I think Ravi just proved this. Everyone can fall in a sexual sin. So the question is, think on these things. That's the whole, the whole point of this podcast. What are you filling your mind with? And so the people that are able to beat sin have to go back to the Joseph principle. Remember Joseph with Potiphar's wife? He runs, he runs away. The best defense against sexual sin and is, is to deal with the temptation quickly and run. Put some track shoes on, get out. That is the best way to deal with this. The best way to deal with this is not to say, oh, I'm a, if I'm a really a Christian, I shouldn't be having these, these, these temptations. Or if I'm really a Christian, then I should be able to dabble in this and not make it a big deal. Trust me, if Robbie Zacharias is intellectual intellectually gifted as he was, as theologically gifted as he was. And he was a sound teacher. It wasn't like he was teaching heretical nonsense. He was a very, very gifted man, theologically, and, and, and an apologetic. So praise the Lord for him and his ministry and his work. But what happened to him was he did the same thing that so many people do. You forget the devil works off the job. When Mike Tyson was in his heyday, 
he was moving his head, working off his jab. And I had said to an old boxing coach, an old, you know, venerable boxing coach, he'd seen it all, been around for a long time. I had said to him in the 80s that Mike Tyson was from Mars. No one was going to beat him. And he said to me, someone's going to beat him, kid. The first person that establishes his jab. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. The old man's off his rocker. That was just a guy with a jab. Come on. Well, exactly. Later on February 10th, 1990, I was watching a guy named Buster Douglas jab Mike Tyson to death. And I went, huh, interesting. It's the basics. It's always the basics. So sin is powerful. And if you're not making provision for the spirit in your life, then you are unwittingly making provisions for the flesh. Okay, going back to Romans. Okay, do not make provision for the flesh by neglecting. And this is it. By neglecting to address the danger of sexual sin, especially in this culture where maybe in 1776, you can go back to your cabin and that was the end of the day for you. You didn't know with your wife and your family. We've got phones with us. We've got computers with us everywhere we go, which are incredible blessings that you can, you can access incredible theological gifts. I mean, you, think about this. You can, wherever you're at right now, wherever you're listening to this, you have the ability to get a seminary degree from some of the greatest minds of the, some of the greatest pastors in the world. John MacArthur is a big, a, a big, I'm a big fan of his work, R.C. Sproul. Uh, and you can get all of Spurgeon's stuff that, you know, it's on YouTube. You can get so much great detail. And yet, we can also use that for extraordinary sin. So, we live in a great day and age. I, <clears throat> I really believe it. We live in an incredible day and age of information, but that information can clearly be used for the flesh if we're not careful. So, Go back to Joseph's story with Potiphar and run. Address it dead on. So when I talk to people and I ask them, you know, what they're doing, uh, don't feed the flesh. Keep yourself busy productively in the Lord. Don't say, oh, well, don't sin. And I think that's where a lot of churches leave it. They say, well, don't, they don't fall into sexual sin. Okay. All right. But that's like a boxer, a boxing coach saying, if, if I have a kid who's going to be boxing and I say, hey, don't get hit with the jab. Well, I'm going to give him a means to, to which to do that. I was like saying, don't lose the fight. Oh, don't lose the fight. Oh, well, thanks. I'm glad you told me that. That's like, that's like what it's telling the young, the young generations and any man. Now, Ravi was, was older and he was still doing this. So sexual sin, sexual temptation is not just a young man's sport here. It, it's, it, it's, a, it's a discipline all of us need to keep. Keep your hands up, right? Move your head. Watch that jab, because it's coming. The devil's going to try and catch you. He's going to catch you with sex, greed, I mean, lust, covetousness, greed, pride. One of those basics are going to catch all of us at some point. The question is, to what degree do we get clipped with those shots? So if you get your hands up and you're, and, you're, and you're aware of your defensive responsibilities as a Christian, then you're going to make out all right, because you're relying on the Lord. You put the full armor of God on. Put the full armor of God. It's not our armor. We have to realize that we're very vulnerable. And that awareness of our vulnerability will make us sharper. So that's the big thing right there is do not underestimate the power of sin and don't sit there and go, okay, well, just don't do it. But we have to replace that with something positive. That's why whatsoever is true. Think on these things. If there's anything of excellence, anything of beauty, think on these things. And a lot, of, a lot of Christians make this mistake, and, and they, they, uh, they are not passionate about certain virtues. And I'm going to break off for just a second and ex explain the difference between a virtue and a vice. Underneath the whatsoever is true 
issue is the issue between a virtue and a vice. What would be considered a grace and or a sin. For example, if you are an avid runner, you like running. Well, that's a virtue. Now, you could take that to an extreme, but it's a very good discipline. And for, for the running, you're, you've got to stretch, you've got to run, you've got to, you, get some, you get time with nature. Well, that's great. Think on that. Go ahead and do it. Or you love reading good, good, good literature. You like listening to good music. Again, good. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying something that extols sin or, or it doesn't bring your mind to transcendence in the Lord. You, you've heard the old thing, you are what you eat. Well, you certainly are what you consume spiritually. The term entertainment, think about that, to enter and to lead, to enter and to inform. That's really what the two words are coming together to tell you. Watch very carefully what you're doing with your entertainment and what you're setting your mind on. If you don't do that, your mind will then by default, because of the power of the flesh, move to areas that are very dangerous for us. And I think that's where a lot of men end up falling in this, into sin, in particular, sexual sin. And in a lesser level, the Christian growth is extraordinarily stunted. So, in this case, once again, don't overcome sexual sin by just simply telling yourself not to do it. Obviously, Ravi Zacharias had something very much in common with King David. They had time in their hands. And with that time in their hands, they also had, uh, uh, both of them had some wealth. Now, obviously, Robbie wasn't King David, but he had enough wealth and enough power and enough authority to manipulate circumstances. So a lot of times you could be thinking of your life going, well, you know, I'm poor, I don't have anything, uh, you know, da, 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 da. Sometimes, uh, however, that's actually one of the best things to keep you out of sin because you know the resources that really indulge your flesh. <laughs> so that's the grace of God in and of itself. It'll be interesting when we get to the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, to learn why God sometimes didn't answer prayers for us in the long term. That that sent, that 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 answer, if he would have, it, if it had been affirmative, may have led us into sin, because our flesh. I mean, think about all of the really wealthy people that we've known that have fallen apart because of it. Going to Elvis, uh, Marilyn Monroe, you know, we just had recently Michael Jackson, Prince, on and on. People getting addicted to painkillers, to drugs, and uh, so on. So, the, the sum this up. Whatsoever is true, whatsoever is excellence, if anything is of beauty, think on these things. Find disciplines and virtues that, are, that require things of you. At the root of sin is the, is the desire not to have any demands on us, to have instant gratification. That's what a drug is. A drug is, is a very powerful agent that promises you pleasure up front and backloads the slavery and the pain. A virtue requires discipline and commitment up front and gives you dignity and freedom later. That is why everyone, and if you've got kids, if you've got, you know, especially teenage boys, teenage girls, make sure they are engaged with some productive pursuit. It should be a productive pursuit. It should not be an idolatrous one. For example, my son loves baseball. I talk to him frequently about the lessons of baseball. We pray over it, of striking out as an incredible uh, blessing for a young man because it teaches you that you just can't want something and get it. You've got to work for it. And even when you work for it, there's still a chance of failure. But that's okay. You've got to keep working. If you, if you don't go out there and work for it and you expect the Lord to bless you, well, that's presumption. But if you work for it and, it, and, and, you, know, uh, and you demand that God blesses you, again, that, that's, that's, that's a fallacy. 
So it makes us submit. At the root of sin, once again, is the, is the refusal to submit to the fact that comfort isn't our highest good. Faith is. It's the obedience of faith. Romans 1, the obedience of faith. That, that's what we're called for. So don't replace sin. Don't tell people, okay, you know, don't tell your, your young men and don't tell your, all, all the men in your, in your church well, there's just no sin. Have a plan. Keep reminding them that we should be known more for what we love than for what we disapprove of. And that's the danger of the church. So, and we're finishing up with this. The danger of the church is that it doesn't realize the power of sin. It doesn't talk about it enough. But, but it's afraid to do that because it thinks it's going to be negative. Which goes to show you the huge philosophical hole at the bottom of everything going on in the church right now. We have created a generation of people who love Jesus but don't know him because they don't know scripture. They love some kind of vague Jesus. And, and that is leading us into greater and greater levels of sin and, and, and spiritual weakness. Spiritually flabby Christians running around praising the Lord with all their heart but having no clue what's going to... What, what is required of them. Remember Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. To love Jesus Christ is to love his word, to love his law. It is good. This is what I mean in terms of sexual sin is a counterfeit of the true love of God. And so if this is a temptation of yours, take it seriously. Don't don't ignore it and go, there must be something wrong with me. No, that's just, it's just flesh. Go to Christ, go to the Word in prayer and, and surround yourself with Christians. Identify the times of day and the types of emotions that you're experiencing when these things are coming up and, and uh, you know, you're, you're interacting with them, that you're confronted with them. That's what the Bible would mean in Romans. Don't make provision for the flesh. You have a military mentality of being honest about it. You know, if my enemy, if I'm boxing and, and, and I, the guy's got a big overhand right, I don't want to be walking to my left where I can just walk into that overhand right. And in some cases where it's very extreme, like, like Joseph, run. So take it seriously. Obviously, Ravi Zacharias didn't do this. As sin always does, wants to get you isolated. Nobody knew Ravi had the problem. Nobody knew it. So this sin has gone, gone with him. I'm not going to comment past that. I have no idea about the state of his soul and all of that. I'm not going to go there. What I will say is this. Imagine your family finding out all of your sins. They, they are known. And we must go to Psalm 19. Who can discern his errors? Lord, please deliver us from hidden faults. Okay? Forgive me for hidden faults. Let them, and let no presumptuous sin have dominion over me. Presumptuous sin have dominion over me. Presumptuous sin, once again, is going to come from a negligence, a laziness, an apathy on your part, on my part, if we refuse to acknowledge in our heart the danger of being flippant with sin. And then, on the flip side of that, do not develop the disciplines to be lovers of Christ and, therefore, lovers of beauty and lovers of truth. And do not spend the time not loving things I hope you understand me. Take hikes. Love nature. Love photography. Love poetry. Love good music. Love something. You are created for that. If the Lord gave you some type of thing, it could be, uh, you know, I, I've met some people that love beads. I didn't realize there were bead stores. <laughs> and you can go in there and they're very good crafts. And love something. Don't let somebody tell you, don't let this enemy tell you that, oh, that's just stupid stuff. But go and love things. 
Now, if you're working hard, you've got a hard job and you've got a, a family, a house full of kids and so forth, you, you love them in the Lord. And you can still you know, try to catch moments where you, you renew your soul and your spirit in the word of the Lord. And, and these other things, these virtues are great. And they are the antidote to that type of sin. So, men, absolutely. I talk to too many men and I ask them, so what are you doing with your free time? And they look at me blankly and some of them are like, oh, I don't have any free time. Yes, you do. You have free time. You're going to find a chance to sit down with something. What do you do? What is your mind on? If your mind is not filled with things of beauty of the word of the truth or something of that nature, then, then you could very well be in danger of the enemy picking you off because he's going to, the vacuum there that is your spiritual health. Remember, you're, you're too love the Lord. The Lord is truth. He's beauty. He's excellence. And if you love football and you really think about a lot about football and that kind of thing, it's great too. That's great too. Let, no one's going to judge you in that. that we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, as long as you're getting your work done and you like to scour through you know, stat sheets and you know, uh, you're a huge fan of, of some sport or other, that's great. As long as you're doing it in the Lord and the Lord is still the main thing, enjoy them and enjoy them in the Lord. You know, I love going to baseball games, and I get out there, I love the field, I love the outdoors, I couldn't see them last year because of the shutdowns, but, um, you know, that's another story for another day. However, again, be consistent, don't be lazy, and not, and not, ex I would have to put it this way, don't be lazy to the point where you think you can just drift along. Sin is an act of power, but the deliverance from that sin is Jesus Christ. And then a life of obedience to him, but it's a blessed obedience. This is where people mess it up. It's a blessed obedience. It's an obedience that leads to your greater and greater spiritual health, where you love and love and love and love and love better things, virtues, and that you see more and more clearly in Christ, through the Spirit, through the disciplines of prayer and Scripture, you see more and more clearly the horror and the agony and the ugliness of sin and the counterfeit that is illicit sex, the counterfeit that is pornography, the counterfeit that is adultery, the counterfeit that is greed and love of money and so forth. All right. With all of that said, I, we, we pray for our church. We pray for the body of Christ and we pray for, we pray for each other right now that the Lord blesses us and keeps us back from presumptuous sins and that we, we all in Christ live honest lives before him because he sees all of these things and, they, and we will all sin before the judgment seat of Christ. And we want to go there holy and blameless in the Holy Spirit, not being ashamed, not being ashamed. What a beautiful thing. So we pray that, and this is all possible in the Lord, to take these lessons to heart. And, uh, you know, we pray all of us, of course, always in Jesus' name. We pray that, that the, the, Lord, the Lord strengthens us and emboldens us. And if this sin ever catches any of us, we are like Joseph, and we go running, and we go running to him, no, no matter if it sends us to prison or not. So, hope you guys are well. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, do please check out the, the blog, whatsoeverstrue.com, whatsoeverstrue.com. Go check that out. A lot of material on there for your edification as well. Take care. Catch you guys next time.